All right, and welcome to uh, Not For Air. We're going to go back classic for this one. I am at a pretty cool store here in the Treasure Coast, good old Port St. Lucie. Actually, a comic book store that's been around for a very long time, and uh, it's a really cool store if you like everything. It's got comics, it's got uh, figures, it's got statues, it's got older kind of toys you could build, you know, like a model kit. Those are awesome. All kinds of different stuff for just about everybody. And uh, it's called Collector's Comics, and it's on US1 here in Port St. Lucie. And uh, I'm here with the owner, and more of a family joint, uh, with Keith Mello. Hello. Hello. But we are two traffic lights south. There you go. So, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, if nobody's ever been in here before listening, um, it's a cool place. you got to check it out. Thank um, you. You definitely make the most with the room you have, sort of, <laughs> which is good. I mean, but you got a lot of different stuff, like just we got stuff. tons of it. We um, got stuff. Besides whatever new comics are out, which I've seen the wall, picked up the new Black Widow, which was awesome. Yeah. Besides that, you have like, like boxes, constant, like uh, comic boxes, right? Just full and full of what? Back issues? Back or issues, correct. Just, is that all back issues? Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long have you been doing this, like, uh, with a comic book uh, collector and uh, Since stores? 1976. Whew. And where was the first store located? California. Oh, West Coast. I had two stores in California uh, from 76 to 79. And then I had stores in New York from 80 to 85. And then down here, I've had them till today, since 85. So that's like 42 years, kind of, going on my 43rd year. And down here, it's over 30, definitely over 35. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. that's a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's always been in the Treasure Coast down here? Well, so, uh, I had one in Sunrise. I had them in Pompano, uh, all in the Fort Lauderdale area for many years. And now you're up here. Now I'm up You've here. been up here for a while, actually. Well, yeah, we moved here in 2004. So, yeah, that's a good that's a good amount of time. It's a... Yeah. Uh, 2019 it is yes oh my library books are late um yeah it's just uh i can't describe enough i'll have to take some pictures later but i i can't describe enough in words how awesome this place looks thank you very i kind. mean and what you have the most of as far as like iconic stuff is you're apparently a very large huge like probably the most captain america fan there is <laughs> Uh, I don't know about all that, but yeah, I've been collecting Captain America since '64. So that's a, that's a big deal. Guy. I don't know why he impacted me. Maybe because I come from a very uh, patriotic family. You know, they've been in World War One, Vietnam, World War Two, uh, and so I guess maybe that was part of it. Yeah. But the character himself just jumped off the page at me. And my favorite book right now is, and always will be, The Avengers Four: Captain America Lives Again. My copy signed by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Wow. That's a big one. Now, is that the one where he's punching Hitler in the face, or is that No, something? that's Captain America number one from the Golden Age. Ah, I see. Avengers 4 was the 1964. You can't you can't trick this guy, I'm telling you. <laughs> he, he, if anything else, besides all the comics he has in the store, Captain America, he'll probably school you until, like, there's no tomorrow. It's it's insane. For Cap being around as long as he's had now, in the 2019, and we've seen a couple generations of movies about him and stuff would you say he's really changed as far as like the common core of the character being patriotic being like this doesn't seem right i have to go against that no i don't think the character has really changed at all he's very very basic was what he represents i think what's happened is the uh, perception 
of the character, the way he's looked at now. When I was growing up and I was collecting Captain America, everybody was saying, what are you collecting that guy for? You know, he's nobody. And Batman can kick his butt and on and on and on. And so I was not uh, uh, a cool guy as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. But, and since I've been collecting since 1958, uh, whatever it was that turned me on to this guy, I don't know. I come from a very patriotic family, like I said, and... Uh, the two meshed beautifully, and I just love the character. They've done things with the character over the years, but in the final analysis, they bring him right back to where he was as, at his beginnings, because that's who he is. He's a soldier. Yes. And uh, for, you know, America, I, um, the first two, so before the MCU, which is what it's now, um, there were two other Captain America movies made back in the day. Um, Actually, three, if you want to count the movie serial. Oh, I, I don't know about that one. Is that the one before? Was that before color? Like one that was done it back? Was, it was black and white. He carried a gun. He well, he's a soldier. Yeah, well. People are weird about them. Like, he's a soldier. Of course he'd have a gun. He didn't have any wings on his helmet. He had no, Nothing, huh? Just a guy with, like, a, a hoodie, you know. Did he have a, a circle shield still? No. Oh, he had the, uh, like, the triant? No. No. He had a gun. Oh, he didn't even have a shield. <laughs> no. How is it Captain America? <laughs> that's sort of my point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then they made, uh, was it one or two that had Red Brown as Captain America? Cause I, I know that's hilarious because it's if anybody's ever watched any movies with Red Brown, it's 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 great. And not in a good way. No, yeah, right. Not in a good way. Well, it's, it's good to watch it for fun. If you actually love the character, you're like, oh. But if you're... Was I disappointed? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be. Um, speaking of, um, so they made those movies. What was the seventies? Yeah, everything in comics or everything in nature, by say, is is uh, cyclical. Uh, Captain America was fighting the bad guys, and then uh, he got fighting the Germans, and then he got killed in the ice, and uh, another Captain America came and took his place in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. He was revived, and eventually in Captain America number one fifty three through one fifty six, which is written by Steve Englehart and drawn by Sal Buscema was the greatest story arc. I, I mean, to me, that was the best. When the Captain America, the real Captain America, met the F Captain America from the 1950s, who turned out to be a bigot. Oh. He did not like black people. He didn't like, you know, any other ethnicities. So, and he had a lot of problems mentally due to the fact that he also was kept in suspended animation with the hope that they could figure out why this guy is turning so nasty. But then he got free, and he fought Captain America, the Steve Rogers Captain America, and he was soundly beaten. And that, to me, is my favorite story arc, because it tied up a lot of loose ends that were hanging around for 25 and 30 years. That's always good to get a closure kind of thing. Nobody yeah. Open ends are not fun, because then you're like, well, what happened? Like, what, what could have happened? Same thing happened with Jonah Hex. Really? Really, one of my favorite characters. Back in the 70s, they came out with the comic of Jonah Hex, uh, the death of Jonah Hex. I didn't like that because I don't want to see my, my favorite heroes die. Jonah Hex is, is great. So what happened in the comic book was he got killed, and then one thing after another, his body got passed around from this one to this one, until finally he became uh, stuffed, as it were, like you would uh, stuff an owl or a... And he got put in a corner of a, a store, and that's where he's forever. Hmm. Recently, they just did a story about how 
Jonah Hex actually had his face fixed when he came to the future. And uh, so he, he got all fixed up, but then there was this other ugly guy that pretended he was Jonah Hex, and his face was all scratched up and scarred and everything, and he got killed, and he was the one that they put in the stuff. Uh, stuff. So the real Jonah Hex went on to do what he had to do, and his face was fixed, and he was great. I thought that was great because I hated the ending of that first comic. So apparently a lot of other people did too, which is why they revisited it. And I think it's great that, at least in the comic book business, nothing's etched in stone. No. Especially if you die. You know, you die, you're back in three issues. You die, you're back in four issues. And if it's not you, it's uh, you from a different Earth. Oh, yeah. You know, the... Well, that makes me crazy with all these... Earths? Earths and dimensions. Oh, no, I I kind of love it, though. Well, I do, too, but uh, stay... You have to stay true to the character. Yeah. If your guy is a nasty Batman, he can't have, all of a sudden, good feelings and change in the middle. Yeah. You're nasty, you're nasty. You know, if he's going to be a murderer, then he's a murderer. And uh, that's one of my problems. Sounds like a CW issue. <laughs> well, I absolutely, I love all the CW shows. I yeah. mean, I follow them every single week. Me too. I, I just, my wife and I, Monica, just watch them and we're thoroughly amazed that this stuff is great. Especially, I love The Flash. Flash has been very good. Because. Like I said, I like all the shows. There are a couple of things that... Uh, bother me about certain things. Right. Uh, let's see. What's some of the things that bother me? That there's no Superman and Batman on the Earth of the Flesh. Yeah. I, I mean, that that should... They should be there. should be able to cross over. I don't know why Superman doesn't have his own TV show. Hopefully he will. You know? I know this year is the last year for Gotham. Yep. I love that show. See? Awesome. You know? I mean, I love all the superheroes because they're treating them all with respect. All the characters are being respected. Uh, the fella that plays the penguin. Oh, he's un- great. Unbelievable. I mean, you just want to smack him upside his head. You know, you hate this guy, but you got to love him. He's very uh, charisma- uh, charismatic. Charismatic, yeah. Very, um, he does, because one second you're right, he's an evil guy. The next second you're like, I kind of like him, though, because he's, he has this charm about him. Um, because he keeps flip-flopping, you know, but not in the back. Even Ed, I love Ed. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. I think it's it's almost campy as Batman 66. It is. You know? I enjoy it, though. But I love when well, they brought in Jonah Hex a yep. couple of times. Correctly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I like that. Um, Constantine. Constantine is now part of it. And I mean, even Rip Hunter. Rip Hunter, I mean, how many people know? He was around in the 1950s and 1960s. Yeah, he was. I never um, heard of him until the show came out. Yeah, he was. he's been around forever. I like also how they pay homage to so many things. For instance, we're going to go to Kane Avenue. Or her name is Barbara Kane, so of course that was uh, uh, Bob Kane's wife's name. And Bob Kane, of course, created Batman. And uh, you'll, you'll see, you know, uh, Carmen Infantino, Infantino Boulevard, you know, things like that. You'll see signs. Yeah. And I love all that kind of stuff. And they make references to this, that, and the other thing in the past. I love the fact that they're paying homage with it, as well as creating a new storyline and going into the character's origins. You know, you don't grow up being, I'm the Penguin, you know? There's a lot of things that pushed him into that. Right. He initially hated being called the Penguin because it was they were making fun of him. Right. And he turned it around into something to be feared and respected. Feared Even and respected. had the Iceberg Lounge for a second yes. there. Yes, yes. Um, 
Yeah, I, with Catwoman, they're, they're, when she fell the one time, you know, Selena, it was like, okay, that's, you know, Batman Returns, that's cool. And now they really have more like a Batman Returns thing going with the whatever Ivy did with the with that seed. But One of the things that does upset me with these TV shows, and all of them do it, you watch two episodes, be back in three weeks. You watch another oh, yeah. episode, be, you lose all the continuity. Now, when I was growing up, they aired an entire season, week after week after week. And then when the last original story ended, they ran reruns. So, you know, you didn't catch it the first time. Catch it. And now they're running reruns from three weeks ago, four weeks ago, because they don't have anything to fill it up. Give me a break. Right. Some of this stuff has to be filmed in advance. But that's my main gripe with all of them is they, they lose the continuity. They lose the, the storyline because over and over again, Dun, 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 dun. Be back in a month. Oh yeah. God! So you think we might be able to get Batman next oh, year? Oh yeah, back in the CW or right. you know, because um, because I read I don't know. Anyway, it's a bunch of technicality stuff. But um, yeah, I'm just excited for that. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about is now that okay with Captain America, now we have this year ten, which was last year. You know, the first ten years, and now we have Phase four or five or whatever's going on now. The MCU happened. Iron Man, which was a standalone movie at first. Ending was like a ha-ha teaser if we could ever pull this off. And they did. Marvel Studios did something that nobody else ever did for cinematics, is put all these separate things together to make continuity. Not just like, hey, that would be cool. No, they did it and made The Avengers, which was a high, one of the, probably the highest grossing movie at the time. And now we are, you know, we're on what, Avengers 4, 5? No, 4. Endgame, right? So, what's your take? Did you like Chris Evans? performance as Captain America, like through the first Avenger to now? I think Chris Evans made Captain America his own. He really, I mean, he embodies the character. When I found out that the Human Torch was right. going to play Captain America, <laughs> I was ready to put my fist through the wall. I mean, come on, there's all these guys that are, this little wimpy looking guy is going to be Captain America. Captain America's buffing. Well, this kid worked out and built himself up and embodied the persona of Steve Rogers. It, I don't think anybody could have done a better job than him. No. Uh, and if they tell me they're going to get a new Captain America, I'm probably going to feel the same way as I felt originally when Chris Evans We'll died. see. You know, it's, it's one of those like, okay, we'll see what this guy does. So far, for, I haven't, I really didn't dislike any of the Marvel Studio movies. There's some I like more than others, but there wasn't one where I'm like, this sucks. No, not even not, not one. one. Um, Wait, yes, it was one. I don't know if it's Marvel Studios or not. Incredible Hulk, the first one, with the original Yang Ang Lee. Oh no, that was nothing to do with it. That was before. That's in another universe. Yeah, thank God, because then he's a stand. You know, Bruce Banner is going to stand him and go, "You make me Ang Lee." And that no. that was that was during the whole time of, "Hey, Spider Man did well. Let's make Daredevil and let's do this and let's do that." I mean, I don't think anybody else could be Iron Man, but. Or Robert Downey. What about... That's correct. He made it his own. What do you think of the latest Venom movie? I liked it for for what it is. Now, um, I, I liked it. I liked that the... Okay, he at least looks like Venom, kind of acts like Venom. It's not Topher being skinny. Tom Hardy's a pretty big guy, you know, especially when he was Bane. I didn't mind it. Um, there was no story. No. But I just had fun watching. The, the humor was good to me, and I liked watching all the symbiote stuff. But yeah, the final battle is how it usually is. Here's CGI. Here's some stuff. Okay, that's done. And I'm like, I didn't hate it, but 
Yeah. Um, but with Captain America, when I went to the movie theater and I sat waiting, Monica and I were waiting for the movie. We're sitting through it and I'm watching and I'm saying, oh, that's cool. They're, they're holding to the origin there. I mean, you know, and I'm watching and watching. And the more we went, I got excited throughout this whole movie. So I was, holy cow, they nailed it. They got Captain America. And I'll tell you something about the, you know, you say the Avengers movies and everything. Do you know that the Avengers comic, I'll, I'll tell you, let me, let me start from the beginning. Back in the 1960s, when you print, we had to print comics, you had to uh, go to the printer and buy a block of time to print X amount of things. And if you didn't have something ready, you still paid for it and you lost all that time. Mm. Well, what happened was, and this is the story I've been told by Stan, um, Daredevil was running late. There was no way they were going to get Daredevil to the printer on time. So Stan and Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, and I think it was John Romita Sr. sat around banging around ideas what they could do. And one of them said, well, look, we got Iron Man, we got Thor, we got Captain America. By the way, this beeping sound is not me being beeped. <laughs> you know, it's a comic book story. Yeah, as people I, got. I, I don't. I'm not cursing. Uh, <laughs> you can't. But, but he says we got Ant Man and we got Captain America, we got Iron Man, we got Thor. Let's do a book like the Justice League and throw them all together, which they did. So the Avengers was really born due to the fact that Daredevil wasn't ready to go to the printer. It's one of, those, the Avengers were one of those weird, lucky... Yeah. Yeah. That's I never knew that. That's It's a true story. and uh, That's crazy. I loved in the movie, the first Avengers movie, where they're all fighting each other, which they do in the comics. And then Steve Rogers says, are we done now? <laughs> and, and that was good. But that first, the first Avengers movie, when the Hulk took care of Loki, and the Hulk took care of Thor and knocked him off the screen. Oh, my God. Whoever wrote those gags should have won an Academy Award. They, I mean, that's to this day they're still talking about that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Loki, puny god, bam, 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 bam. They even uh, reference it in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he's like, I gotta get off this planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Loki, look! It's it's the Hulk. It's it's been. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's the thing. <laughs> the difference between the Marvel movies and the DC movies wasn't that DC was not making quality movies. They left out the humor. They left out the fun. With the Marvel movies, you're having fun. I think they tried to get on... The fun train? Um, yeah, with Superman and Batman and then the... Su I know. The, the lines that they cut out in the Superman-Batman movie were like, Oh, my mother's name Martha and your mother's name Martha? Okay, now we can be friends. Both our mothers are named Martha. What? So. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> I enjoyed the movies, but they were weak. They tried to incorporate too much too quickly. Marvel took 10 years to get where they're going. DC wanted to do it in two. Didn't fly. Yeah, there are, uh, what is it, like two Marvel movies a year? Is that like been the path, or sometimes three, depending on what year and how much? I haven't seen three, but two is general, you know, because Disney 
likes to put out at least one Star Wars movie a year. Well, not now. They're like, uh, hold on. <laughs> well, I still got to come up with the Avengers, of uh, the Avengers, <laughs> the Star Wars, the last episode. Yes, God, please. And they, they got to... I'd be okay if they just re-released Jedi again, like in like really good definition well, and be like, all right. But people realize that these last three Star Wars movies were uh, a chance for the original cast to take a final bow. Right. That's all it was. That's why the big secret when Luke Skywalker wasn't on the first movie poster. And I have to tell you, I didn't think that they were going to kill him off. Right. I didn't. And then they did killed off Luke. Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen the Star Wars movies, I'm very sorry. This is a spoiler alert. But they have been out for years. So get off the Last Jedi's on Netflix. Yes. If you want to fast forward through most of it. So about the Star Trek new movies as opposed to the old ones where I couldn't, I couldn't get around the old Spock meeting the new Spock. I'm like, how is this possible? I mean, they well, never really explained it. The, well, they kind of explained that he came through a wormhole. And so because he was through the wormhole time, I guess he was from the original universe, and then he got stuck in that wormhole thing, and then when the time event changed, when the, the whatever happened with Kirk's dad instead of the regular way that happened through the original universe... Mm-hmm. It created a separate timeline, and he popped out in that timeline instead of the original. So that's why that new Spock can be with the old Spock. Right, and then the fact that he got, uh, oh yeah, Vulcan got destroyed, you know, as opposed to it still being around. Yeah. So they basically killed off the original Star Trek universe, and they're starting from go with a lot of the similarities, but they're taking it in a different storyline. Yeah, well, that's done now. Now, I liked the characters, and the guy that played Spock... I looked at him when he was in the show Heroes. I said, the guy looks like Spock. <laughs> you know? He was Spock. And there you go. Um, I liked him. They're, I can't compare him to the original Star Trek, though, because Star Trek isn't Star Wars. Star Wars is an action adventure. The new Star Treks were more action adventure than science and, you know, like right. science fiction. It's more action. Because that's today's audience. you got to have something going on or people are not going to want to watch it, for the most cases. Um, so they went down that route. It was fine. I liked them okay. I grew up mostly on Next Gen. I was uh, on all the time when I was actually like um, like ten and then over. Um, actually, I think it came out in eighty seven. Yes, I didn't. I didn't really get into that at the time. I'm I'm well versed in it now. Yeah. What I don't understand is <laughs> with all the Star Trek products out there, the TNG and on and on. You try to go to the video store and buy them. They want like eighty bucks for the the series. Oh yeah, you can watch the bloody thing all day long on YouTube or wherever you want. <laughs> and 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 they I know they're very proud of their product, but the stuff's still sitting on the shelves. So I'm still waiting for the day. I'm, they're coming down in price a little bit, right? A little bit. And when they finally get somewhere in the twenty thirty dollar range, then I'll buy the series. Yeah, I have too many DVDs to worry about that. You got your own video store? Oh God, yes. I had one of the original video stores in New York. I honestly had no idea how the Infinity War was going to go. And so when all that stuff started happening, it was like, oh. Obviously, I'm thinking to myself, okay, the comics will come back. They'll come back. But I'm like, I knew they were going to do something big. And then they started killing people. And they started killing, like, worlds that were involved before. And I'm like, oh, damn. Because the movie wasn't about everybody. It was about, and mostly it was about Tony because of what happened in New York. And really, it was more about Thanos than anything. It was Thanos' movie. But the thing is, everybody forgets that it can be reversed. Exactly. And that's how they're going to bring back. 
Ironman. What's really funny is I have a buddy who uh, is not really big into going to the movies or anything with his wife, but he went to see this Avengers movie. And he says to me, boy, that movie really ended bad. He says, I don't know why. They could have done so much more with it. I said, you do realize that that was the first half of the movie, right? Oh, well, that makes sense then. There's going to be another movie. <laughs> he walked out of that movie going, well, that was a crappy ending. <laughs> well, everybody died in Thanos 1, film at 11. <laughs> everybody died in Thanos 1, <laughs> film at <laughs> it, it was like. I saw Black Panther in theaters too, and um, so it just got a it just got like a big Not, Oscar thing. So it nominated cool. for good for a superhero movie. I wish a horror movie would too, but I'm glad for at least one of the superhero movies. Over the many many different decades and years that these you have these comic book stores and collecting, what era would you say you think? I know the movies now, and I'm sure that brings in a lot more people because oh, what's this from a comic book? Oh oh okay. I'll go read them now, especially whatever Disney prints now for Marvel and stuff. But what decade would you say, or era, because I know there's different genera- like Silver Age and all that. What era do you think was like the best time, not just for like Marvel or DC, but for comic books, you think that people were like, it was the most excited thing now be- before movies and stuff. I mean, I'm sure now is really busy, but. The Golden Age, the 1940s to the 1950s. More Superman was selling millions of copies a month, as opposed to hundreds of thousands of copies a month. Wow! And uh, hey, believe me, yeah. And then of course World War II happened, and they had the paper drive, so that sucked on selling a lot of stuff. And then after that, we had Korea, and after Korea, it was a real uh, baby baby boomer thing happened, and uh, but. Nothing has ever reached the sales of the Golden Age. One of the other reasons is back then, uh, we were, like I said, we were in the midst of World War II when that was going on, but uh, the comics were 10 cents a piece. And, and they were, even in the worst of times, people could come up with a dime for some entertainment. And they were three times as thick as the comic books now. You know, they were like 60, 70 pages in a comic book back then. Wow. Um, now they're like what? Maybe 20? 20, 20, 25, I think. 20 to 25. Um, and plus they're like a thousand times more expensive now they were back then. Because it's a collector's thing. I remember when comics went from 10 cents to 12 cents. I was stunned when I went to the store because I only went to the store with a dime. I didn't have two cents. And so I looked at this thing and I opened up the page of the DC comic. And printed on the inside front cover was a complete apology, apology of having to raise the price two cents. Now you say to yourself, two cents, not a big deal. But that was a 20% hike. Back then, yeah. Yeah, and back then, you know, you buy a quarter milk for a quarter, you know, things like that. You go to school lunches, you pay two cents for a school lunch. And uh, if you want a hot lunch... If you have a buck on you, you're doing pretty good. Oh, God, you'd be in business. (laughs) Now a buck is a dime. (laughs) I'm telling you, they used to give those little pint bottles of milk for two cents. Yeah. I always asked my mother, I said, if you're buying a quarter milk for a quarter, why don't you give me like eight cents and I'll buy four of these pint bottles and there you go. Or two of the pint bottles for four cents. Um, She never answered me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she never answered me. It's just like, go away. Uh, what's the, um, 
What's the average price now for like a, a um? Not, I'm not talking about like the big paperbacks that have issues upon issues. Three ninety nine is the regular for. Is that for all the? Just about all the comics are going to be landing at three ninety nine um, when they come out with an annual or a, a, a landmark issue like number three hundred, number four hundred. Those will probably be four ninety nine. But some of the new comics have been out there starting at a nine ninety nine price. Jeez, I think Amazing Spider Man number. Eight hundred was nine ninety nine, because it was eight hundred. Yeah. Okay, I can see for something like that, but just a regular. And it was oversized. Okay, but still, it's still a lot more for. Yeah, I mean, um, that's a lot. It's a lot of money, and people now are starting to be very particular with what they buy, because comics just jump from two ninety nine to three ninety nine. That's not a small increase. No, that's a hundred percent. I don't know about that. But... It's. Uh, it's a 25%, buck. roughly. It's a buck. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's a buck. It's a buck is a Plus buck. Plus tax. Plus, if you're buying 20 comics a month, it's a $20 bill. Yeah. I had but, a buddy of mine that used to collect uh, comics a lot, besides besides Bart. And people listening know Bart, because Bart's been on many of my shows. Um, but yeah, Bart, I mean, I see Bart, what, every week? Well, I see Bart a lot, but most of the time on a Monday or whenever he has money, He's over here first. He's like, oh, I was talking to Keith and stuff. I'm like, cool. And, um, you know, Bart's he's got a very different. He's a got like a couple stacks, not not huge amounts. Cause Bart doesn't have a lot of money per se, but I mean, he collects the ones he wants. You know, he wants that Punisher. And if he can get an older issue that he's been looking for, because the collection, he comes here and he's like, where is it? Keith, do you have this? He Let can't me check. Because I filled up his entire collection. He's, oh, you did? He's so he's missing, done now. Yeah. So here, I did that years ago. So Collector's Comics, if you really want a specific thing, like, uh, and chances are you could probably find it here, or they might know where to get it. Well, there's one thing we really haven't touched upon in this store, is that Disney owns Marvel as well as uh, they're going to own MGM. They already own... Uh, Disney's movies and stuff like that. I see the Infinity Stone on Mickey's right. uh, gauntlet. It's like Fox. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, we also are one of the largest distributors of Disney statues yep. and comics in the state. Uh, what happened one time was somebody was at Disney World, and my wife will tell you, Monica will tell you, it's, the, it's a true story. Guy came in and he said to us, I was up at Disney and I was looking for a particular statue, and they told me it was retired. But they said, if you go to Collector's Comics in Port St. Lucie, they should have it. And we di he did, and we did. So Disney was actually sending customers to us. So they were up at, like, one of the theme parks? Yeah. Or, the, or Disney Springs? Yeah. Because me and Nicole have gotten a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff there. And somebody there was like, if you go down to Port St. Lucie... Most of the time when I go anywhere to Orlando, especially like for uh, Halloween Horror Nights and stuff, oh, where are you from? Port St. Lucie. Where is that? Yeah. So I'm like, um, like towards Miami. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, so for someone to actually go, Port St. Lucie, I don't think people in Miami know we're up here. <laughs> and no joke. It's, it's sometimes it's like night and day in the state of Florida. It's not everybody doesn't know everybody. But I think that's, that's really cool that somebody from Disney did that. And we have uh, a nice children's section with a, a tremendous amount of Disney comics. Uh, we have a whole row of comics for kids over here. I saw, like, DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Which started out as a comic way before Scrooge McDuck was a comic character, right? Way before any of the 90s DuckTales. I know he was in um, 
because it's Scrooge, uh, Christmas Carol. Sure. The old cartoon version yeah. back in the day. But he's been around since the 1940s as well. He grew up on Darkwing Duck. Yeah. That was my guy. Because he's like the Zorro or uh, the Spirit right. or Batman, you know, it was in that kind of thing. But yeah, like a kid section, you have so many collectibles between uh, Marvel Legend figures. You have like the, I don't know what they're called, but the DC figures yeah. that are, um, you know, the, everything's like articulate now too. Yeah. Because I collect, of... I collect like the Nika things. You have uh, Diamond Select, the Marvel Selects, which are huge. And Diamond Selects. We yeah. have. Uh, statues from from you know, Bowen statues. We have all kinds of different superhero statues, all kinds of Disney, Disney statues with the sure. You got a uh, sure the the guy that does Jim Shore. Jim yeah. Shore. That's a huge thing. My wife, um, we have like a, a statue from them. Um, I think it was Eeyore or something. She's a big Eeyore fan, and uh, I remember for Christmas. So when I'm out with her, she goes, "Oh, this is a Jim Shore." Because look at all the stuff on it. I'm like, so when I was in here with Bart, I'm like. Oh, I know what that is. It's Jim Shore because you can tell by all the etchings inside the, right. the paint, the how the design he did. So and we got hundreds of Disney statues. We got, uh, oh my God, we got posters and T-shirts and how many comics you would roughly think thousands, millions, maybe in the store you, that I own. Oh, I'm sure you own all the comics there is. Maybe you have a vault somewhere. There's there's several hundred thousand books in here. Yeah, that's a lot of books. Plus, we have our Heroes for Heroes program, yes, where we're sending literally thousands of comics overseas to the soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. We are affiliated now with the USO, so we can send all the books over to this one uh, spot, and then they disseminate it throughout uh, the country. Um, we have programs for the teachers. When the teachers come in every month, we'll give them 25 comics free for their classroom. If the students come in... Uh, with their report cards for every A in a major subject, English, math, history, or science, I will give them a $4 comic for free. If they bring me in straight A's, I will give them five $4, $4 comics out of our back issue bins for free, no purchase necessary. We are a Toys for Tots drop-off point. Um, we have food drives here. We're raising, uh, f we're collecting food for animals and humans as well. And, uh, and that was uh, one of our employees who, who had to move out to or, uh, Utah, I think it was. He had to move back. Uh, and uh, that was his idea. Todd's idea was to do the food drive. And we do a lot of charities. Um, so many, I forgot what the heck we're doing. We work with the schools. We are affiliated with the Fort Pierce School District. We uh, are doing uh, a program where autistic Students will say of all ages come to the store with the school teachers and everything, and we give them all free bags of stuff, you know, to welcome them to the store, and uh, we give them special discounts. And for all of your customers, listeners who are listening to you right now, uh, they come into the store and they mention the podcast, they'll get 20% off on their entire purchase. And that's a good deal, considering there's a lot of cool things. Like, you can't come in and buy one thing. I, <laughs> it's hard. I'm like, that's a really cool Harley Quinn statue. Ooh. And then there's the animated Harley Quinn. And then there's, like, uh, you know, uh, Batman Black and White. You know, it's, it's, it's just so much stuff. This is just in the back room, by the way. Like, um, just, you got everything. Just about. Well, we got stuff. You got stuff. <laughs> And if somebody is looking for something in particular that we don't have, you give us a little time. We will track it down. Um, 
if people buy stuff here and they get it home and I find out it's not their cup of tea, they're really not happy with it, bring it back. We don't want any single person to leave here with something they don't want. They'll, you know, just change it out whatever they want or, you know, we'll work with them until they find what they want. So that's our goal. We try to keep everybody happy. The customers always come first. We're open seven days a week, uh, 11 to 9, Wednesday through Saturday, 12 to 5, Sunday, and 11 to 7, Monday and Tuesday. However, many's the time, as recently as this past Monday, where we're supposed to close at 7, there are people in the store. As long as people are in the store because they chose to spend their money with us, which is very flattering, we stay open. That's great. We will never, if, even if somebody comes in after hours and we're here and they knock on the door, we will open the store for them. You don't get that a lot of places at all, really. That's that's amazing. My daddy taught me a long time ago, you treat people the way you want to be treated, you'll never get hurt. And that's the way we operate here. That's why you've been in business for so long. Yeah, I learned another thing. I started off in California with one of my first businesses, and there was a fellow there. I, I, I don't want to go into the deep-seated story, but I'll just get to the end of the story was I had lost my comic collection in a fire. And that was everything from Fantastic Four one up. And when I moved out to California, I had a wife and a baby, and I just got a job, and money was tight. And I went into this guy's store, and he had a copy of Avengers number four on the wall. And back then, I think it was like uh, $40, $30 or $40. And the fellow's name was Earl, who owned the store. And he saw me looking at the comic. He says, would you like to see it? I said, I'd love to see it. It was in nice shape. I was looking at it, and I said, I couldn't afford to pay whatever it was. Like I said, I had a wife, I had a rent, I got this, a new job, a whole bit. So I said, it's terrific. He says, would you like the book? I said, absolutely. And I explained to him why I couldn't uh, buy the book. He says, would you, well, could you afford maybe $10, I mean, maybe $5 a week? I said, yeah, I think I could squeak out five bucks a week. He says, okay. And he hands me back the book. And I said, well, you know, I said, well, you're going to hold it until I give you the money. He says, you're going to steal from me? I said, no. He says, then what am I worried about? I had just met the man, and he let me walk out of his store with like a $40 book. I didn't even give him a nickel. And, of course, I paid it off a lot sooner than that. But the fact that he, did it. he embraced me as a wel he welcomed me. And that's another thing we do here is we give a welcome to the store present every time somebody comes through the door. I like to find out what they like. If you like Spider-Man, I'll probably want to find, you know, like a, a trade paperback or something, give you Spider-Man as a welcome to the store. And one of the reasons I do that is because of what Earl did for me back, what, 40 years ago? And uh, so I tried to model myself after him with respect and love because... The man told me, taught me how to do business. Oh, yeah. And uh, After I'm all very, this time, here you are. Yeah. Yeah, I've been very, very lucky. The people that have come in and supported us over the years. Um, people you work with are fantastic family. He, yeah, they are my family. Yeah, I mean, guy like Joe has been with me for 14 years, and uh, Chris has been with me for several years. I've never had anybody quit because they don't like the job. I've had people quit because they moved away, they went to college, they got married, et cetera, et cetera. But not one person in all the 40 years, 42 years has quit me because they didn't like the job. We try to take care of 
the people that take care of us. Um, we moved the store a couple of times since I've been in St. Lucie County. The first time we moved, uh, we went to, and Bart even helped with the move, we moved from Fort Pearson to Port St. Lucie, and we started at 9 o'clock in the morning. We had about 12 people show up, and we finished at 4 o'clock in the morning the following morning. Then we moved from the previous place to here, where we are now, and I guess about 35 or 40 people showed up to help us move. My son took charge of the whole thing. He told me to sit down and don't lift anything. I, all right. He, so he took charge. And we got the job done from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It took us seven hours to move the entire store. Wow. People showed up with pickup trucks and vans. and everything. It was remarkable and very flattering. One of the other things that we do uh, is we have our pizza party where we bring in as many people who show up. Uh, we get our pizzas from a slice of heaven down uh, on US-1. And you want to good Italian food, that's the place to go. They'll treat you right. Okay, I get a free pizza for that one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, what the pizza party is, we have a whole bunch of people show up. We get We have donations from all over the country for Heroes for Heroes. And we get thousands and thousands of comics delivered, like see what you're sitting in front of. And what we do is a lot of the boxes contain 50 copies of this comic, 40 copies of that comic. I don't want to send 40 copies of anything to anybody. We send a maximum of three copies of a book. So we have them all spread out, and it's an assembly line where it is one, two, three, you know, in a box. And right, and we fill up a box, and that's ready to go, and we send it over. And a box has whole month, uh, holds about 200 comics. Whew. And the, the, the folks that showed up, we had, I think it was over either 30 or over 40, there was over 40 people the last time that showed up. Nobody got paid. Nobody didn't. They just wanted to be a part of it. And that makes now, my heart sing. I have to tell you, um, that's what you call love. That's what you call respect. Uh, I don't believe for one second that they're doing it for me. I'm just a vehicle. Uh, they know it's for the soldiers. And that's where the thrust is. We're doing stuff for the soldiers. doesn't matter how it gets there. I'm not the kind of guy that stands on a soapbox and says, look at me. We, Everybody that showed did a hell of a job and continue to do a hell of a job because we're going to be doing it again rather soon. Uh, and it's going to be just so much fun. But so many people come in and want to contribute on their free time. I can't tell you how much that means because every box that they put together 200 comics going overseas to people who don't have TV. They don't have radio. They don't have movies. They have they nothing. They don't have any outside-the-world connection to they, where they well, are. They're in a desert. Exactly. They're in a desert. And these people roll up the comics and they throw them in their back pockets and they share them with each other because for 10, 15 minutes, reading the comic, really soaking it in, it's a taste of home. It's escapism from where they are. You can't put a dollar figure on that. No. And these folks all come in and want to be a part of that. And I will forever be grateful that I'm allowed to be a part of this as well. Monica and I, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we have a, a, a van load of comics right now that we're getting ready to deliver 
for one of the sponsors who wants to send comics out. And it, oh, that's another thing. I'm glad I said that. <laughs> if you wish to become a sponsor for Heroes for Heroes, each box we put together uh, costs approximately $20 to ship over there. If you want to uh, take some boxes for your relatives and friends, you could have, you know, we'll give you boxes. Uh, you send them over. That's up to you. You know, anybody in the service, whether they be friends or relatives you like to send them to, come on by. We'll give you the boxes. Um, if you want to come by, make um, a monetary contribution, $20 a box. You give us, you, you don't give us the money. We'll give you the box. You take it two doors down to the post office, you know, and, and you'll be doing a wonderful thing. So I beseech everybody, if when you hear this, please come to our store. Our, our address is 8627 South U.S. Highway 1 in Port St. Lucie. We're two traffic lights south of Prima Vista. Our phone number is 772-878-9229. Please, if you want to be a part of Heroes for Heroes, we will all be eternally grateful for it. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but right now it escapes my memory. <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. But I tell you what, he knew exactly where his store was and the phone number and everything. Like he didn't have to look. Just colors. <laughs> what they taste like? Oh yeah, tastes <laughs> like chicken. I love the color red. Tastes like blue. <laughs> um, no, this has been great. Um, you know, it's it's good to come to a place like this that you know it's it's not a. Not a lot of mom and pop comic book stores are a big corporate conglomerate. You know, those don't exist as much now. But to have one like this that's a big part of the community and vice versa. Like you said, you you know, for school, you comics for kids, you do all these things. You got the Heroes for Heroes and people come in. Part of the community. Let us help. Let's do this. People come in and you have to give back to the community. If you don't give back to the community, you're doomed for failure because the community is what supports you in business. I don't sell any different product than any other comic book store. The only difference between our comic store and anybody else's store is service, is how the customers are treated. And that is our fort right there. That is where we really stand out. Um... You can go on Yelp.com, you'll see our feedback. You, on, on Facebook, you will see a terrific feedback. And I do need to say this. If for some reason you feel you've been, you haven't been taken care of as well as you needed to be, before you leave feedback, come talk to us. Find, let us find out where we failed and let us try to make it right for you. A lot of people have done that. We've, um, we can't keep everybody happy all the time. Jerry Lewis once said, the quickest way to make yourself crazy is to try to please everybody. Well, that's great, but we do try to please everybody. And if we fall short, we need to know why. Was it a personality conflict? Was, uh, you know, whatever it was. We need to know why or else we can't correct it. And we definitely want to correct it for the person who was wronged at least in his or her mind. Um, and like I say, that's the difference between us and any other business is the service. Yeah, and the writers and artists come in uh, to do autograph parties with us. And we've had, oh, God, so many people down here. Um, I, I, 
Well, in, in the time that I've been doing this, I had Marv Wolfman, Len Wein, George Perez, uh, so many guys, John Mita Jr., and on and on and on. And it's nothing like having yeah. to go to a convention. You just come to the store and they're here hanging out. Yeah, even, signing stuff. even had Herb Trippy down, the late great Herb Trippy who created Wolverine. We had a tremendous party for him. And God, Mike DiCarlo did Batman and he did all kinds of stuff. Oh, nice. DC, Marvel. The man's legendary. I'm going to give him a call, see if he wants to do Free Comic Book Day again this year. I'll tell you a funny story about Free Comic Book Day. I'm not going to mention names, but we had this guy come over and buy a comic that the guest star drew. He took it to the back where the guest star was signing autographs. He got the book signed. Then he came back to the register and wanted to sell me back the book because it was an autographed copy. I... <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but that's funny because <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a true somebody story. actually had the balls to just see if they can get away with it. I'm like, okay, let me try. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> you see that guy sitting at the table back there? Don't you think that I got some autograph stuff already? I mean, you're trying to sell me stuff that I'm paying for. And uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, uh, I don't know. Why I, that I guess it's because he had the audacity, and that to me is like, wow. I am going to be writing a book called Tales from the Comic Shop. Nice. I've got <laughs> stories upon stories. I'll give you an example. I'll give you two examples. This guy comes in, and he says, and he's got the baseball cap on backwards. He's got the pants halfway down his butt. He's got an oversized basketball Hoodie. shirt, ah. whatever it is. He looks like he's been in the clothes for about three months. Oh. And he comes in, he goes, hey, man, you're looking for help? What do you sell here? Oh, yeah, you're the guy I've been looking for my whole life. <laughs> but this is one of my favorites, this story. Guy comes in, he says, you're looking for help? I said, no, I'm sorry, I got a pretty full contingent. You trust him? I said, I trust him implicitly or else they wouldn't be here. Well, you're an asshole because you had the chance to hire the most trustworthy guy you ever met in your life, and you blew it. And he turned around and walked out of the store. And I just sat there with my mouth open. Probably for the first time in my life, I did not have a snappy comeback. <laughs> and I was just staring at the door like, what just happened? Guy just opened my door and calls me an asshole and leaves. What would Earl think? <laughs> with the other story? Earl would like... probably say, Keith, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, Keith, you should have gave him a chance. I'll, I trust you. You're not going to steal from me, right? No. Yeah. It's just it, entitled. You know what that is? That's entitled. Yes. And that's, how long ago was that? I guess it was in the other store in, in Prima Vista, so it had to be seven years ago. Yeah, it's about the time entitlement was around. Yeah, because we were, we've been in this uh, spot for over six years. Yeah. No, I remember when you moved over here. You know, I've been in the comic books. You know that they made me comic book characters named after me and stuff. And I did not realize that when Ethan Van Skyver put me in as one of the Sinestro Corps, Mallow the Sinestro, I looked up the date of the comic to see when it came out because I told the guy, yeah, it was like five, six years ago that Ethan did it. It was 12 years ago. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was 12 years. Just today. Oh, man. It went 12 years ago. When the hell did that happen? So the time is just blasting on by. What's well, really one, I got to tell you something else. One of the really great things about being in business for as long as I have, I watch the kids come in. I watch them and I talk with them and I have fun with them. And, 
And then they go into high school and they still come in and we still have fun. And then they go to college and then they get married and then they have kids of their own and they're still coming in. That's when it's special. When you, when you're dealing with generations of people, people tend to treat children in this business very poorly. They treat them poorly. I try to treat them. I don't. <laughs> I try to treat them with the same respect as an adult because, number one, they didn't do anything not to deserve it. And number two, eventually they'll be adults. And one, and, and like with me, when I was a young adult, how this fellow took care of me and didn't know me from Adam, that's the way I like to treat everybody. You treat the children the way with respect. The children come in, we give them free superhero masks. You know, can I say the word? Masks? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and we have fun with them. And I told you about the report cards and everything else. So we try to give the kids uh, as much attention as the adults, sometimes even more. Um, the parents will come to us and thank us because, you know, we put their kid on the road to reading and getting excited, you know. And I like that kind of feedback. Yeah. But that's not the best thing. The best thing is when the kids, I see the light on their kid's face. Uh, there's nothing better than that. Nothing. This is my version of Disney World. I should say Monica's in my version of Disney World. I keep saying my, but she's 50% of it. <laughs> Actually, she's about 75% of it. Kind of think of it, she's all of it, and I just am a figurehead. Yeah. Anyway. You're like Captain America up front. I'm like Captain America up front. I stand there as I don't make a move. They're like, muscle. that's Keith. He'll give you answers. He doesn't know what, how to operate any of the stuff. He'll just talk to you about comics. What's really funny is my beautiful bride over there. I don't think she's ever read a comic book. I think we were talking about that. You know? So, but she uh, vicariously enjoys everything that goes on around here. And more and more, I think she's getting into it. She won't miss a superhero movie. Oh, she loves the superhero movie. And if you didn't go see Mary Poppins Returns, go, because it's a terrific movie. It's a great sequel. I walked out of there smiling. Suddenly, Disney's got this feeling like somebody was talking about us. Yeah. If you need the statue, go down to Port St. Lucie. <laughs> Here, you're like, if you want that figure, go up to Disney World. <laughs> go up. Oh, the hell with that. You're like, no, I have it me? somewhere. What have they ever done for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, they own all the stuff you love now. <laughs> picky, picky, picky. <laughs> So, this is my life. I never dreamed. See, that's the thing about a comic store. When I opened up a comic store, there were no comic stores. I think that's a lie. I think there was about six or seven in the country. But it wasn't like it is now. No, it was nothing. I mean, I was selling comics for a quarter. And, and I know Bart very well. And Bart is, I'm happy that he has a place that he can go to. And he does religiously to get what he needs when he has the money and the time. And it makes him so happy. I want to tell you something about Bart, and this you can take to the bank. There is nothing within my power that I would not do for that man. He has proven to be one of the greatest friends. Forget of the store. He's greatest friends. Whenever I needed anything, he come. that man was first in line to help. If ever he needs anything, he knows that he's got a brother here, and Monica and I love him to death, and when he does his... Schwarzenegger impression. Oh, he's great. He buries us with that stuff. We can't stop laughing. So, Bart, I know you're going to be listening to this stuff. We love you, and we can't wait to see you again. On Monday, because, you know, he writes me whenever, 
Want to hang out tonight? Yeah. Don't hear from the rest of the day. I'm on my way. I said, hey, before you go to Keats, because <laughs> I know that's where you're going to go, which is awesome. Can you come get me first so I can go talk to him with you so I don't look like an idiot? And then Bart was like, oh, yeah, I guess this is what it's about, right? I'm like, Bart, he's, he's supposed to be the middle guy for this. You don't even know what's going on. Like, hey, oh, I've been reading this. What have you been up to? And it's nice. You know, no one's like, you're going to buy that? Yeah, right. I hate that. Yeah. I, I, in retail. You want to read it. You know, buy it or buy it before you read it. You know, this ain't a lie. You can't open up the plastic. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, uh you know, and it's, it's not... really funny. A lot of people give, you know, you just said something. There's a lot of stores that, you know, you, you hear it when it's ripping open the plastic at a back issue. Um, if a person's interested in a book, you know, they say you can't tell a book by its cover. How could you not let them do it? Yeah. You know, I mean, if I want to buy a car, I'm going to sit in the car. I'm going to see how the door works. <laughs> you can't work. sit gonna, until you leave. You know, yeah, yeah, right. You know, you can't sit in it or drive it until you bought it. What is that? So, you know, that's the same mentality here. I'm not going to lie to you. Many, many years ago when I first started, I had that kind of a mentality. Uh, but then I started thinking to myself, well, you were a collector long before you were a dealer. You know, how would you want to be treated? And so that's, you know, like I said, people want to open up the books and look at them. I have, oh, God. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, we welcome people. It's all we ask is if you open up the books with the tape and please be careful. Oh, yeah, obviously. You know, we don't want to get the tape on the people's book. stuff either. And, yeah, yeah, well, you know, just be careful. No, you got to watch the tape on the book. Oh, okay. Because you'll get a tear on the cover or something like that from the tape. But uh, we haven't had any real problems no. with that. People are very respectful and appreciative. And Generally, the people you know, that come in the stores kind of already know you know not everybody it's good to always have new people who have no idea what the stuff is and have somebody like you who would definitely take the time out and go well what i like to read is, is what are you into are you into science fiction or you the horror and you know what, what kind of comics or what are you into oh you know i like space stuff and um heroes i'm like oh you got guardians you got uh green lantern core and you, and you star wars star, star wars you could just sit there and be like you know tell me what you're into and i could tell you about stuff i like and it's you, you you talk to them that's all it is you just simply have a conversation with them one of the things that i absolutely despise when i go into a store and i ask them where something is and they'll point over in the general direction i'm sorry i'm not about to go seek and destroy around here <laughs> i don't know where this stuff is when people ask us in this store where something is, we bring them right to it. And we try to find it. We go through sometimes dozens of comics until we find it, but we'll find it. And uh, that's the way it's got to be. Customer service. It all goes back to that. Any idiot can sit behind a counter and uh, just, you know, and point. point. Yeah. You know, if I wanted that, you know. It's I'd, over there. <laughs> you know, not get out of your chair, not do anything. If I have a question I'll ask, somebody always is like, hey, come over here. This is where it is. Okay, how much is it? Oh, there's nothing on it. Although every all your stuff is priced. Well, we try to, but it's amazing how many people go into the boxes to find books that aren't priced. Oh, so then you're like, okay, well, let me see this back it, issue. Yeah, there. but I hate doing that because it makes it look like because they're interested in it that, you know, I'm pricing it up. Ah. You know, so I, that's why we always try to have stuff priced. It's, but, good, uh, it's good business ethic. Yeah, I'll tell you something about another comic story, but this is a little different. Um Monica and I, uh, right after the were down and out, you know, as far as Google's, we lost two jobs, as it were. We lost the, well, the entertainment and everything else. Because no matter how tough times were, 
no matter how bad things were, she always made sure I had enough money to get my comics. Every week, she made sure that I had that. One of the difficult things about being a store owner is you cannot really be a collector. Uh-huh. Because anything that's really good, ooh, I'm going to take this home. But you're supposed to sell it for somebody else that wants it. Exactly. Uh, so you do know, you go somewhere else and go, okay, I have to buy it here? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. If I want something, I, I can get anything I want whenever I want it. Okay. Um, but I have narrowed my stuff down to Captain America and Zorro. Those are my two great Oh, you're ones. a big Zorro guy. Oh, God, yes. Nice. I looked for years for a copy. I did of... see a little figure over there, a calf. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Cap's laying on the ground there in that oversized shield, but Zorro got to him. <laughs> uh, but uh, Johnston Macaulay wrote it, The Curse of Capistrano, which is the first Zorro. It took me years to locate that book. Now they're all over the place. But uh, you had uh, it first before anybody else did. Right. You won. And now uh, a new Zorro book just came out. I think I have a copy of it out there on the store. Uh, the Zorro book out there. And it's, I'm about halfway through it, and it's terrific. Uh, one of my favorite writers, Peter David, wrote it. That's who wrote the book. He did that terrific series of the Hulks, uh, when Hulk had Bruce Banner's brain and everything. Oh, like Professor Hulk? Yeah, well, he, he did the, uh, the, the Rick Jones wedding thing. Oh. And they did, you, if you haven't read it, you gotta read it. The, they did the bachelor party, and they showed a porno flick. And who was in the porno flick? But, Rick Jones' fiance. She was the star. Oh, no. And all the superheroes were putting their hands over their eyes and looking away, except the Vision, who's standing there going, that's your wife? She's very talented. <laughs> oh, jeez. You think uh, you like uh, Paul Bettany as uh, Vision? Yes. I think he's terrific. I think all of the characters... They cast everybody perfectly. Yeah. I don't think that this was a, a, a spur-of-the-moment thing. Granted, Robert Downey Jr. looks exactly like Tony Stark. He embodies Tony Stark. He is Tony Stark. Uh, unfortunately, from what I understand, the Avengers movie is going to be the last Tony Stark, as well as the last Captain America and everything else, because now they're going to concentrate on their second-tier heroes. Um, Spider-Man. And then if and when they bring back the, the biggies, it's going to be with different movie stars. Well, I mean, if Disney acquired... Well, I think they acquired Fox. It just takes a while for everything. Yeah, to... it's done. So They've I will be interested Four. to see how they will do with those the characters. Force. Because yeah. as far as just everybody they took from all the properties that were laid out somewhere else, whether it's Lionsgate or, you know... Um, we didn't get to see necessarily a um, Agents of Shield did a wonderful job with the Ghost Rider thing with that having you know that. But it was the car, not the bike. Well, the bike showed up for a few seconds, and then you got to see. Okay, he's there somewhere. That's awesome, and that's not even the Netflix thing. That's part of the thing that's connected to the movies. Although Netflix kind of is. Um, I like the Netflix shows. I thought it was like, okay, here's our more violent heroes. Oh, you're talking about the... Daredevil and Punisher and all that? Yes. Oh, they were great. Did I you guess, like I... the Defenders? Yeah, it was a little weak. But the the latest Punisher one? Oh, it was awesome. Oh, he was the Punisher. He embodies that character, too. Yeah. I I did like Ray Stevenson in Warzone. He was okay. But he's a little too much like... Uh, I think uh, it was a Punisher Max kind of he thing. He was almost like Bane. You know? Yeah. You know? Or uh, who else would I kind of compare him to? And uh, he just didn't... He was badass, but he wasn't the Punisher. Right. He did. He did have the Bradstreet look. I know that. Yeah. That's... Well, the guy that's doing it now has even more of that. Oh yeah, no. The the Birchall from Walking Dead or Burnthal is 
he embraced it. And I like in the show, he admitted finally, it's like, maybe this is who I'm supposed to be. Maybe I should just be who I'm supposed to be. And it showed the rest of the it season. Was, well, Monica and I watched it over the course Daredevil of two days. Daredevil 3 was great, too. We watched that over the course of two days. That and was a Daredevil season three was like. They aren't renewing it. I know. That's horrible. Because Disney and we don't know what they're going to do with the streaming services or whatever they're going to do. That, that sucks because, yeah, some of the shows are weaker than others. Iron Fist, majority of it, it's. But the thing I liked Iron were, Fist. I okay. liked it too. Iron Fist, the major complaint was that the main character wasn't Oriental. He wasn't Oriental. No. That's the whole thrust of it. Yeah. But, uh,. That that kind of stuff makes me crazy when they mess with the character. Like you were talking about earlier when they were doing the superhero movies in the 60s and 70s. I always asked the same question. Why are you spending money optioning a character that you make into something that nobody's going to recognize? Just create a new character. Right. You know, I mean... Captain America, the first movie where he was wearing a motorcycle helmet and his shield was the, the windshield yes. of his motorcycle. I'm like, what are you, cracking jokes? And then they finally got him in the Red Brown into the uh, costume. He looked like Evil Knievel in the first one. <laughs> uh, but in the second one, they gave him the, co the costume, but the story still sucked. Yeah. It was horrible. Oh, um, well, you said everybody like you liked in the Marvel uh, uh, is good who they were. But, I mean, uh, the first Captain America, I dug uh, what's-his-name is the Red Skull because that guy's good anyway. Hugo Weaving. Did you see the, what was it, the 1980s version Captain America movie? No. The Red Skull was an Italian with a bad complexion. That is not the Red Skull. No, I don't think so. No. I don't no, think so. That's not the Red Skull at all. Yeah. No, I like what they did with uh, Hugo. With the, you know, he took off his regular face, and it was like this. You know, it, it wasn't graphically like you know Skeletor, but it's still like a it Red. It was skull. the Red Skull yeah. because the Red Skull looked in the comics. Yeah, you know, what makes you special? I don't know. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn, and then, and then the humbleness of right. You know, and uh, yeah, they. I'm excited to see the new Avengers, and I'll, I'll see Captain Marvel because you know I don't know much about her, so that'll be interesting to go into that. Um, Spider-Man, I'm excited for the new Spider-Man. That's coming. Did you see the cartoon? Which one? There's the, many. The one that's in the movie theaters. Oh, not yet. No. Sp Enter the Spider Verse. Or yeah, something? I haven't seen that. One. No, I haven't seen it either. I think I'm gonna wait for the DVD. I'm gonna. I don't feel like spending like 25 bucks to go watch a cartoon. No, I meant the uh, Far From Home after the Avengers. Yeah, that's yeah. coming out. Yeah, it's that, that looks cool. I like the kid. The, I think the kid's great. He's the man ever because Spider-Man, like that, was a kid. Yeah. You know? And I love this where Tony Stark put him under his wing, things like that. Uh, I like the BS with him standing there and webbing Captain America's shield and yanking it from that kind of stuff. Didn't really That's... need a suit that was like an Iron Man suit per right. se, not the Iron Spider. That right. was cool, right? But like he didn't need the suit to have all that stuff because Spider Man. The cool thing about Spider Man was he invented his stuff, right? Um, I know they changed up a bit and modernized it, but it, it, I, it's still in the heart. He's Spider Man. But you got to remember, Tony Stark was the weaponizer. Peter Parker was just a biology major. Yeah, you know so. The only thing he really made was uh, he made the, the, the web, web things, yeah. So Which they imp Tony improved on. Like, here, just... Well, what's really funny is you and I are sitting here talking about these things uh, as if these guys are real in real life. And you say, hey, well, you know, they're wrist things. Or like, you know. But you accept <laughs> the fact that this guy can crawl around walls. Yeah. You know? That's so. I look. I'm also a big horror guy, and I watch a lot of horror movies. What, do you hang out on street, street corners? <laughs> yes. Really? Red Solo Cups. Who's your pimp? 
I can't tell you. It's very unfortunate. It's like some T Stark. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it looks like this guy looks like Robert Downey. <laughs> well, cleaned up Robert Downey. All right, I'll go with that. Um, I think it's uh, it's a cool time to be alive to have because back in the day, like we said, there were some great hero movies that came out that were really good. Batman, well, 81, 89 Batman, Superman movie, the first one, second one, you know, the Christopher Reeves Superman, the two Christopher Reeves Superman movies. Shows oh, you, yes. You, I she like embodies it. that too. I she, think she's, she's a, a very, it's cool that girl. her mom's, her mom is a, the original Supergirl from the, that movie. Yes. That movie was okay. <laughs> yes. And now you, and then of course her mom in the TV show is Lois. Lois Lane. Um, and then they played the Smallville theme when they got to that. Uh, not, it's not the same Earth as that because obviously Superman's not Tom Welling. But it was cool that when they did it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Because they are using the same set for the barn as they did on Smallville. One of the uh, things that I'm very disappointed is they did not renew the series Lucifer. I was enjoying Lucifer. They did. It's on Netflix, though. So I think Netflix is re- uh, is keeping it. At least I know it's on Netflix right now. Their seasons. I th- I he- I thought I heard that Lucifer was going to be on Netflix now. Well, if that's true, I'll be very very happy. I don't. I, that's a DC thing, right? Uh, yeah. Lucifer. And and uh, speaking of Tom Welling, he was in the. I saw the I saw yeah. an interview he did because um Lex, the guy that plays Lex, who's one of the best Lex Luthers ever, um was a uh, what was his name? Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah. He does a podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. He's his podcast. So why am I wasting my time with you? I, you should talk to Rose. There you go. <laughs> you should just, with all your knowledge of comics, and, and, and you've been, you were in a comic, maybe multiple comics. Yeah, I was in uh, uh, five comics and one magazine. We should make this like a regular thing where it's like key tales of the comics, you know, and <laughs> and we'll set it up and then like you can host a show. And I'm not like, that interesting. <laughs> I've had fun, but maybe I'm not interesting, and that's why we're both good together, because we're both not interesting. But you start talking about Marvel stuff, it's like, oh, all right. I think it's about, I think we covered everything there is to cover in Plus Some, but, oh man, Keith, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. This yeah, place, very much. it's a great place. See how fun this is? Everybody should come in and just hang out and buy stuff if you want. Buy stuff. This, Ren is not free. <laughs> no. He's got stuff and stuff and stuff. There's got to be something in here somebody would look at and go, I like that. I should buy that. It's fun. We got stuff. Lots of stuff. Like lots and lots. You are like the master of Tetris with all the space that you can make <laughs> for like whatever size this place is. It's, it's, it's not a Walmart, people, but it's it's a good size. But he has just stuff and stuff. And who doesn't want anything like that? I'm a big collector of action figures now. So when I can't get... They don't really have a lot of DC stuff out there in the regular stores as much. Um, you certainly have more of a selection here for just the normal uh, DC Universe stuff than I've seen anywhere, including the animated series. So I found a good place to start collecting more hero stuff. So, so what are you wasting have. time here for? Go buy something. Podcasts <laughs> is free. <laughs> I have to make money first. <laughs> Nine years, you think I know how to do that by now? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, this is Justin uh, McFatch's uh, Not For Air, you know, also on Podunk. Don't forget to check out Underground Horror Radio. Uh, Chorbrill and LB need us power our love. Good friends of mine. And, of course, Collector's Comics right here on US1. What's the address? 8627 South US Highway 1. See, back in the day before phones, we had to memorize things. I can't do that now, but he can. So there we go. Come check it out. Just, it's awesome. Thanks.